Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today on Start, Scale, Succeed, I am joined by the lovely Hannah Saunders, who is founder of children's skincare brand Toddle. Total launched in 2020, but Hannah had been thinking about it for quite a while and working on it for a good few years before that. So Hannah is going to tell us all about the background of the business and what she's currently doing and the challenges she faced. So I'm going to go straight to Hannah now. So thank you very much for joining me today, Hannah. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So like I said, you launched in 2020. So yeah, but you'd been thinking about it for quite a long time before that. So can you tell us a little bit about the brand and starting and a bit about yourself. So your background is the RAF. Yeah, so tell so, us how you went from the RAF to children's skincare. So a quick chronological explanation, because that probably, because it, it it's not, they're not natural bedfellows, the military no. and children's skincare. And a lot of people actually in this industry have, have a lot of previous experience, whether they've worked for Unilever or, or the GSK, or they've got some kind of chemistry experience. So people, yeah, do think it's quite surprising. So I had a bit of a, a difficult childhood. I'm quite open about it. And I um, went to university and didn't do very well at all. And so I left and thought, what on earth am I going to do? But I know I want to get away from home. Mm -hmm. So I joined the military um, and there I found everything I hadn't had up to that point, really sort of discipline, community support, a sense of family and a real sense that I could achieve something. And it it just really worked for me, the military. I was in the RAF for nine years. I became incredibly adventurous when I was in the armed forces. Um, I, I, you know, I did cross-country running for the RAF, mm-hmm. cross-country skiing, sailing, the lot. And then I became a mum in 2014. And then when I became a mum, I really wanted to share this sort of passion for the outdoors with my children. I've now got two sons because it had just done so much for me. Mm-hmm. And it was whilst we were sort of out hill walking and canoeing or whatever else that my eldest son would get chat lips and windburnt cheeks. He's got really sensitive skin and nothing in the market particularly worked. So it started with a baby lip balm. It started with trying to solve his chap lips because they used to bleed. They get so bad. Right. And okay. Stuff like Blistex, Vaseline, it's not suitable for freeze. Uh, okay. So yeah, it was um, really out of necessity. I just started making it, never thinking it would be a business. And then I didn't want to stay in the RAF because I was having to spend time away from family. Um, it just wasn't working for our situation because my husband was in the RAF as well. But then he left yeah. and became an airline pilot, which is slightly, slightly more stable you're not going away on deployments but still out of the house a lot so it was on me to really be the sort of one that was in the house at home taking care of things domestically so so I left the RAF and started the business because the business um I'd always wanted to run a business actually it was always in the back of my mind but I really felt like the RAF gave me the transferable skills um the, the ability to project manage the confidence to sort of undertake difficult tasks mm-hmm. it gave me the ability to, to start this business so it it started in its infancy sort of 2018 writing business plans ch- trying to get money together going through product development um getting lots of feedback building up my social channels you know building up the people who were supporting the brand 
because that, that there is a lot of preamble before launch. Yeah. And how did you approach that for someone that's not um not got a product background? Yeah. Did you approach it in a, like I suppose in a minute, very military quite way in terms yeah. of like what this is my goal, these are the steps? Or tell us a little bit about that, how you approached it. So I, I do think all, all human beings are capable of running a product business. Um I don't think there's any particular people may disagree, but I don't think there's any particular type of person. If you mm-hmm. if you consume products, you'll have an opinion and an ability to to run a product business. What what I do think specifically helped me in my circumstances, I, I had had quite had lot a lot of quite like difficult, meaty projects to tackle when I was in the RAF. And we rarely had enough budget or people, but it was just you need to get it done. And there was very yeah. much this ethos in the RAF if you just need to get it done, you could never push back really to a boss and say, Oh, I can't do that. So I, you know, um, I, I had the attitude of starting this business of, well, I'm going to make it work. It will yeah. work. And we've had some huge issues. We've had failures, but we're still here today because I just somehow find a way around it and just keep going. So I, yeah, I, I don't think um, I'm particularly gifted in any way at all. I don't think I'm particularly, you know, um, I can't think of the right words, but anyone can do this if you just literally. Yeah, I think. And that's what's really important to to, to highlight, really, is just the tenacity and the resilience to you just have to keep moving forward. Yeah, you you will get you go either go through it, you go around it, you go under it, you go over it. You can find a way I get to your destination in terms of from a from a goal point of view. Definitely. I would liken like the first two years of running a business to screaming at a wall it just doesn't speak to you because you are working and working and working and not knowing if it's ever going to pay off. And Stephen Bartlett, who I follow a lot, yeah, um, he he very much says it's about consistency and he shares his like, his, excuse the French, but like shit bit at the beginning. He's really yeah. open about it. Like here were my podcast followers and I was consistent and I just, I don't know, did three a week or whatever, consistent, consistent, consistent. And then it starts to pay off. And that's like a product business. No retailers are interested, no customers are buying you. You've got no investors but you're working your socks off and then it suddenly starts to come together. And it's just, if you can endure and sort of just press on through that really, really, really tough at the beginning, because it is super tough Mm -hmm. leaving yourself, then, then you will reap the rewards, but it's just that beginning bit is so hard. Like that first initial pound into the company is just the hardest. And do you think from you, you talked a little bit about your background in terms of saying that you had a difficult background how do you think that, can you talk a little bit more about that and how yeah. how that prepared you for your business or did it, you know, did it help in any way, do you think? So I, I was, you know, I've got kids now and I play with them. I read bedtime stories with them. I help with homework. I'm actually, I hope, quite a supportive parent. And it made me realise that I was, I never had a bedtime story. I never had help with homework. There was just sort of underlying neglect, really. My mum my never really wanted us. So we were never particularly loved or wanted. And I didn't, like... For example, my husband wanted to become an airline pilot. So his dad helped him get his PPL, you know, took him to the flying club, took him to cadets, those things that parents do to help their children. But I think because I didn't have that, I am quite good at just standing on my own two feet and going, Mm -hmm. right, I've got this thing to do. There's no one to help me. How do I do it? So I think I've got that resilience. And also my as an adult my mum just wants nothing to do with me which is really quite painful and I think once you've been through that you can go through anything mm-hmm. you know my own mum doesn't love me however I couldn't you know it's it's, it's it, 
it's quite hard to explain, but it's just made me very resilient because I think that's almost like one of the worst things that can happen. And I got through that. Yeah. With a business fail. So what? Because you've gone through harder stuff. Yeah. You know, you've gone through more personal or harder kind of. Yeah. Um, you've gotten and gone through those. I know what you mean. And it is that resilience point, I think, that you know, whatever can happen. You've, you've gone through so much already, you know, and any, so everything that is, is good is really, really good, you know, yeah. anything that works. And um, from a business point of view, what did you think were the most challenging sides at the beginning? Or, and, even, and even now, I mean, after you're, and I know that you, you launched and you had starting since 2018, but then launched in 2020. What would you say were the, the challenging times along the way? So money, mm-hmm. having, because you're sat there, um, with a business plan by this point and it all needs money you need graphic design you need product development you need chemists to work with you people to help you formulate you need to test these products and it takes a lot of money you know most product businesses I would say need about 200 grand and that's being very frugal um, and obviously wildly depending on the pro- product but yeah um, so I think that just getting that money because it's the first person to believe in you and when, and when no one else does so for me, I got a business a business loan initially, but that involved quite a lot of work pulling together a business plan, a cash flow forecast. Then I ran a kickstart campaign, which was a huge amount of work, sort of 16, 17 hours a day for a month pulling in. I think that was only about four grand. Then I did a investment. Would you say, plan. sorry to interrupt on that, would you say then in terms of time spent that, because I sometimes think about kickstart. Mm. depending on kickstarts versus I think they're great for tech companies they're great for it's quite a there's quite a lot of male dominated businesses in in the kickstart side of things and some it works very well for some people so I know uh, one of my previous podcast guests and episodes um, the underwear brand Panty they did they did kickstart brand but they had built an audience for about a year before they launched and they were essentially the people that funded the kickstart brand right but I think and I've been speaking to other people about this as well the amount of effort that has to go into it. And like yeah. you say, to raise four grand, would you have been better spent, you know, spending your time doing other activities? Yeah. So as you've just, you've just absolutely hit the nail on the head. If you've got your audience, Kickstart is not Kickstart. It's like Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den is not seed funding anymore. Back in the days of Levi Roots, it was here I am, I've got a business and I need money. Mm-hmm. Now it's, I've proven the concept and I need you to then help me grow or scale. Very rarely to do um, fresh ideas walk into Dragon's Den with completely pre-revenue, completely brand new idea. Kickstarts the, the same. If you've got an audience, if you've got a social following of, I'd say over, I don't know, 5,000 across your channels, you'll probably have a fair go at it. I didn't. It was, mm. I used it as a Kickstart. I had like 300 Facebook followers. It was painful. I don't recommend it. I think if you're in some sort of um, almost like subculture thing, like like there's a digital Gaming thing. Gaming and tech and, and yeah. Puzzles. Um, they can make millions on Kickstarter, but if you're a if you're a run-of-the-mill product business when and no one knows about you, I really wouldn't recommend it. Um, I did a five-minute pitch um, just to, just to compare. I did a five-minute pitch um, in in a competition called Pitch It Wales, like a Dragon's Den style competition, mm-hmm. and I made fifty grand in five minutes. I mean, that's a bit disingenuous because I had to pull the pitch together. Yeah, to yeah, get there, but. I would always thoroughly, thoroughly recommend private investment for product businesses versus any kind of crowdfund. It was far, far easier. And then I got another 150 in that investment round from private investors. And that was through um, Angels of West Wales, because I was living in Wales at the time. And they've mm-hmm. got a fantastic scheme, which I highly recommend, where they bit sort of set you up um, almost like speed dating for entrepreneurs and investors. So you can only 
pitch to investors if you're really really investable and investors are only allowed to talk to you if they're super interested and they've done all the checks that they do have the money to give you so they've already swiped right or whatever whatever the swipe is that i'm not sure (laughs) yeah i don't know whatever the swipe is to say yeah we're 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 a match then we'll see if we get on and then we'll see if we go forward but yeah that's great that 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 has been available to you and then you've been able to put that into because it is i think particularly when you're formulating your own product, so anyone from a skincare or cosmetics point of view, there is a lot more investment that goes into products. It's very different to clothing mm-hmm. and the startups of skincare and cosmetics. If you're doing private labels, so you're making your own specific formulations yeah. and the research that needs to go into that. And like you said, the chemi- with using the chemists and, yeah. and everything else and testing the products, is a, it's a lot harder or a lot more, it's a lot more complicated and a much yeah. more intricate process and you know, more long drawn than making a t-shirt. You know? Exactly. We're, we're looking at the moment to change two or three ingredients in our sun cream because we're always learning more about ingredients. We're always trying to make it better and we're always listening to customers. And it's, it's looking at about 12 grand to, to basically swap out three, two, three ingredients. So it's, yeah. Don't don't start a skincare company. With my advice to your listeners: <laughs> there are far easier ways, um, far easier ways to make money. And but now, so you're in quite a lot of retailers now, though. So you've when you've launched, you have then grown quite quickly. So talk us a little bit on that wholesale side and how that's come about. Yeah, so I'm a big believer in getting people in when I'm rubbish at something. Um, in, in retail sales, big retail sales, sort of that account management piece, n- no experience at all. So I actually use a, um, some consultants. They're fantastic, really small company. Uh, they've got oodles of experience in, in my sector and, and they pitch on my behalf. They, you know, get, get us into bigger retail. And I would wholeheartedly, if you really want growth in your business, pay good people to do yeah. the things that really matter. And, and don't think it's any kind of, I mean, I don't have much of an ego anyway, but it's absolutely no slight on you if you're not doing some of the sort of hard hitting stuff. Um, they also help run my Amazon, which is also huge for our growth. Um, but yeah, so we're so we're just about, well, we did launch on Virgin Atlantic. We're in WH Smith's Travel um hope, hopefully um about to launch into quite a big grocer in the new year uh so yeah we're getting there but to be honest the real growth that we're seeing at the moment is amazon and i know people are quite down on amazon but for a small business we can't reach that kind of audience with normal digital means uh, with the amount of money we have so for small businesses like ours we're on launchpad which is amazon's um sort of new business area and you get all sorts of additional support and actually i can't fault them we get amazon advertising support we get special deals on their lightning deals Uh, we get they help us as much as they can which is really great we get sort of page advice graphics advice um that's great that they offer that support for for small businesses and and i know that you said that you use the consultancy company to -hmm. help you get there with that were you surprised at the level of support that amazon did offer yeah because i mean i'm like everyone else i read the news and i just think Tax avoiding bastards. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also that you need to be a big company to do well on Amazon. And it's not the case. Um, I mean, I think year on year, we've seen about 400% growth on Amazon. Um, so yeah, I, I I think they've been fantastic. And I think as well, because of the pandemic and more children playing outside and, you know, not, you know, all of that. And I think, and there's very much a, a trend because gaming and all those, you know, gaming digital is growing so much. There's then that other side that is also growing. That's the getting children outside, being making sure that they spend time in outdoors, yeah. 
you know, as well as like crafting and all these other things, but just right. What's the antidote to all the time on, um, you know, social media and and gaming and, and digital and, and screen time. And that is, yeah. you know, being outside and going on, going on adventures, which is what your, your product is perfect for. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you say, thinking back on it, would you have done anything differently or what would you have done differently? Yeah. So I would definitely have got a product to market quicker. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard people talk about the minimum viable product. Yeah. I've really tweaked and messed around and delayed thinking it needs to be perfect I should have just got my product to market quicker, got that feedback. And um, I, I, I've since read a book by a guy called Eric Reese called The Lean Startup, and it's really yeah. changed my perspective on things. If we're going to do if we're going to run a new product, the product development cycle is way shorter. Um, we just get it out there, we test it, and then we get the feedback as soon as possible. And we try and do low, MOQ, low minimum order quantity runs now to make that happen. Yeah. That, so I, I beat myself up a bit because we really committed to certain products and some of them just don't sell. And then the ones which I didn't think would sell fly off the shelves because people tell you things in focus groups, but they speak very differently with their money. So yeah. even huge companies get this stuff wrong. Cadbury sometimes release a chocolate bar and you think, eh, what's that? Nobody buys it. And they absolutely have money to spend on focus groups. So there's just no substitute for getting your product out there, getting feedback. And I do think if you're going to fail, fail fast. Yeah. So even if your whole business isn't going to quite work. I don't believe in out-and-out failure, actually. I always think you can pivot. I always think you can you can rebrand, you can yeah. bring in different products. You can look at something in a different perspective. You can get the feedback and because it might just be that the way it's being positioned from a price point of view is wrong and you yeah. might just have to change the packaging or, you, you know, you might yeah. just have to tweak something. But like yeah. I said, there's usually some nuggets in there that you can save and, and, re- and reinvent it. Yeah, it's normally the person that, that decides to stop and, and, and totally get it for many reasons. But it's rare that if it's this out and out fails, there's, then there's nothing they could have done. There's no avenues forward. Um, but yeah, so so to, to answer your question, I would have just got got out there quicker um, and got on with it a lot quicker and, and learned lessons a lot quicker. Definitely. And so obviously that's one of a, a big tip for people that are listening. Any other advice or tips that you would pass on to people that are either starting a business or want to start a business or are thinking of scaling their business? Yeah. So if they're just starting out, I would really, really, really recommend getting a board as soon as possible and filling it with non-exec directors. So they are in my network, people, old bosses. Um, I've, I've been introduced to people, you know, I've got a, a friend who's a buyer, at a big retailer and, and fill it with people who have the skills that you don't have. So I'd left the military. My commercial experience was quite poor. And so I brought in to a very informal board. We met sort of loosely quarterly at the beginning, less in the pandemic, you know, keep some minutes, keep track. Um, if people say they're going to do things for you, hold them accountable in a nice way, but just bring in mentors, bring in people that can help guide you. And then also if you're going after investment and you've got a board, it looks a lot better because there are people that believe in you, comes across like you've got more company structure. And and in essence, it is just, you know, friends or people from your network who can support you. It doesn't, you don't need to do any official reporting. Um, you can, if you want to, but that is something that really, so I was given this advice and it's really, mm. really helped me. And they still support me to this day. And, then- and do they have a stake in the business? or nope. So it's basically just a, a friendly verbal agreement. Yeah. And they have, there's no monetary, there's nothing changing hands. It's just their time that they give to you. Yeah, I hope to be able to remunerate them, but it's, there's been a lot, of free, a lot of free help from them so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for some of them, they really wanted that experience of being on a board, being a NED, because, um, you know, for some of them, they wanted to step out into other things. So I helped them as well. Um, 
but yeah, that 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 really really helped me. The, the other piece of advice would be the MVP minimum viable product, and I highly recommend the Lean Startup by Eric Ries. That's a book. And then yeah. my last piece of advice would be um, strategically, you often can't you off you sometimes can't see the direction that your company's going in if you're you're in, in it. it. So I'm in the weeds of my company often, talking about barcodes, talking about should we swap that ingredient for that ingredient, and. I can be quite bad at stepping back. And there's a book I read called Our Iceberg is Melting by John Cotter. And it's about um, continuous improvement, basically, and how you improve. And it's essentially that all these penguins are living on an iceberg. I don't want to give the game away, but they're all living on an iceberg. It's starting to melt. And one of the penguins says, hey, guys, this iceberg is starting to melt. And the others are like, oh, has this always been fine? We've always lived here. This Nothing's changing. And then the more it melts, the more the guy's like, hey, come on, we really need to sort this out. And the more everyone pushes back, like, oh, you young'uns with your crazy ideas. And it's essentially like a metaphor for business. When, when you're in it, you can't see that the iceberg's melting. Yeah. You do need to take that step back to survey the iceberg. Um, and I'm doing that at the moment, surveying my iceberg. And <laughs> some things need to change internally. Um, but it's very hard to do when you're in the weeds. So you need, I say, at least an afternoon, when you're a startup, an afternoon a week of looking over time out time out all your data where are the sales coming from why are they coming from there you know and you know are we going in the right direction just because something is there to be done it doesn't mean you should do it Mm -hmm. Uh, you you do need to be spending your time on things that will provide growth and i yeah i think i need to get better at that like you say i think it's focusing on what are those what are those income generating activities that need to be done that are going to help you and then what are the nice to do's and you know and looking at the team structure and that. And at the moment, so I know that you have the the executive directors that, that you have working with you. When did you start to bring in a team? Uh, pretty much immediately. Right. So fairly early on, I got an operations manager because so much of what we were doing, you know, was testing ingredients, buying ingredients, buying packaging, finding contract fillers and all that sort of operations stuff. So that was fairly immediately. And then marketing, and to this to this day, the team is mainly made up of marketing people because um, mm-hmm. a lot of what we make is is contracted out. Um, so yeah, but I I mean you, if you can build a good team from the word go, you've got yourself a sustainable business. Um, and, and sometimes I've seen people burn out or things go wrong. It's when they just try to tackle it all on their own. Um, no, I was just saying with the investment that you've obviously one of the that you received at the beginning of your brand has been instrumental in being able for you to continue because some people try and scrape and mm-hmm. either don't go for that funding or you know I think but I think with your type of brand you it's imperative because of everything that you had to do yeah and I definitely think get people on board PAYE get they are your employees mm-hmm. they're going to care a lot more I, I do I've worked with a lot of marketing agencies PR agencies and from what I've seen not worth the money you're one of i don't know a hundred other clients they might spend a couple of hours on you a week they charge huge amounts of money there's often no accountability there um i would marketing i think needs to be core business and and you know your brand you know your customers better than anybody else so i just think nobody can do it like like internal people can so i would say do not waste any money on marketing agencies or pr agencies and I mean, there could be some absolutely incredible ones out there I've not seen who provide real return on investment and are accountable. 
and, and have that written into agreements maybe. Maybe that's where I went wrong. Um, maybe the result, I mean, I suppose you can't, you can't guarantee coverage, but there has to be something that you can try. And I mean, and for those that are listening, I mean, the way that I, I, I've had seen Hannah's brand, um, but it came across Hannah, we're both in a Facebook group called Lightbulb, which is a brilliant resource where you can pitch directly to journalists and journalists pitch commissions to you and see what fits, you know, so that's a, it's a Facebook group run by Charlotte Crisp and it is a fantastic resource for any types of small business or large businesses that, um, that want to get exposure and want to get their story heard. And just last, so what is next then for Toddle? What can you share? I'm sure you've yes. got other things that you can't share, but no. what, what can you share? There are, there are two huge things I can't share and I can't tell you how much it frustrates me because I'm a talker <laughs> and I'm a heart on my sleeve person. Um, but when I've signed an NDA, I've signed an NDA. Yeah. So um, we are we are launching into big grocery. We are exporting. So we're just about to launch onto Amazon USA. Great. And then beyond that, there's a retail Amazon, a retail USA plan in place with the Department of International Trade. That's another top tip. Okay. So we they sort of match fund. So I think our... Our USA export plan is a total of about 18 grand. So we're getting nine of that from the Department of International Trade. And I've got an international trade advisor who is fantastic and I can't recommend them enough. Um, and so, yeah, export, bigger retail, basically driving bigger volume, um, yes. lower profit to us, but, mm-hmm. but driving bigger volume. We're FMCG, fast moving consumer goods. So it's absolutely the direction that we need to go in. Fantastic. That sounds great. And where can people find the brand? So Amazon is probably the easiest thing, especially if you're a prime person. Uh, The website, if you're lucky enough to be on a Virgin Atlantic aircraft in the near future, we're on every single aircraft across all fleets. Um, If you're lucky enough to be in Heathrow, Gatwick, um, Euston, St Pancras, I think as well, we're in like WH Smith's travel shops. Uh, but yeah, and, and soon to be in one of the top four grosses, probably then, isn't it? Yeah, soon. Um, and some other big websites soon. But the easiest thing is Amazon or the website. And we okay. we offer free delivery and Klarna on the website. Um, so and we'll put, I'll put those links uh, in here for the show notes who for those who have young children who love adventure and want to be outside and keep their skin looking great and not cracked and uh, oh. as, as good as it needs to be. My my husband's um, unfortunately got COVID, so he's quarantining upstairs, and I've been washing my hands like I've never washed my hands before, and I've got really horrible dry, cracked skin at the moment. So I, but I'm, I'm, but it was worse last winter when I wasn't using our products and mm-hmm. I've been trying to use our, our moisturising hand sanitizer to save them. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me today, Hannah, and good luck with all the grocers and everything and the US sales. And thanks for chatting to me. Your story is amazing. Thank you. Well, thanks very much. <laughs>